Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth. I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe. And I'm Matt. And this is uh, the Joe Brothers Podcast. You know, guys, I, uh, <clears throat> so Matt and I, uh, we're both uh, currently participating in this like eight week uh, transformation challenge. Okay. Uh, it's not necessarily that him or I are, are looking to make some massive transformations. In fact, you know, he is, um, you know, but I, I, I like participating in things like this, um, you know, a few times a year, to be honest, just because, um, you know, I, I really, I've found so much value in staying committed to, uh, just like healthy lifestyle habits, you know, uh, tracking your food, exercising regularly, prioritizing water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just, you know, when I think about what does the absolute best version of me look like, you know, it is somebody who values um, their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, you know. And so I try to keep those things at the fore. And when, you know, opportunities to participate in, in challenges or, or whatever it is like this roll around, I, I always jump at the opportunity. And Matt currently is is obviously bulking. He's trying to, you know, put on some size um, for, to hopefully compete um, in a physique show at some point later this year or early next year. Um and so, you know, whenever we do things like this, we do, we, we make, we've made it a habit to invite, you know, tons and tons and tons of people, whoever really honestly is, is looking to uh, embark on a fitness journey um, to do it with us. Like one thing that we've learned is, you know, we don't really need the extra accountability at this point, but for people who are just getting started on their journeys and people maybe who aren't as comfortable, aren't as confident, don't know what they're doing, don't know where to start, it can be extremely helpful um, to join, you know, a group of other people who are working towards the same thing. You know, a lot of times on a fitness journey, people don't have social support. They don't have family members who are supportive. Their friends make fun of them and poke jokes and stuff like that. So we know, and we've learned over the years that, you know, just, just creating a group or a team environment when tackling something like this, it can just be so helpful. And so just recently, I think last, uh, so our most recent challenge, uh, it was eight weeks long. It started on April 4th, all right? So a couple Mondays ago in. It was last Monday. Oh, last Monday, all right? So last Monday, guys, time flies when you're having fun, right? And um, and on Friday, okay, on Friday, I had this girl message me, um, and she said to me, and now, listen, I already know. Listen, I, I should just preface this whole thing, this whole podcast, with like, you guys are not going to like what I have to say today, but... On Friday, I had this girl message me saying, you know, hey, Mark, uh, you know, I just want to let you know, like, I appreciate you, you know, including me, but, you know, I'm going to be, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be participating in the challenge. You know, my dog died last week and I just really been, you know, taking it really hard. And so, you know, just let me know when the next, you know, challenge rolls around. Maybe I'll get involved in the next one. Okay. And um, uh, to be honest, I didn't even respond. You know, I didn't even respond. Um, this is uh, an example. Like, th this is not the only occurrence um, that I've had a conversation really similar to this lately. In fact, I've had a bunch of them. And it's, it's actually what's provoked me to want to come on and talk about this today. And so, you know, the whole, the whole point is like, uh, you know, I was sitting there looking at this message trying to understand uh, how... 
like the logic behind the decision that this woman was making. You know, she had just previously committed to doing an eight-week challenge, an eight-week-long challenge with the goal of hopefully over these next eight weeks uh, really cultivating the habits that are going to actually enable her to be the healthier, happier, uh, better-looking, stronger, more functional version of herself that she envisions herself, you know, potentially being. And she acknowledged that, like, man, I'm going to do this challenge because it's going to take me several weeks to to really develop these habits and, and make them habitual, incorporate them into my life and my routine and who I am. Um, and here we are five days in to a 56-day challenge, and this person decides because something happened in life, something tragic, you know, albeit, but some, 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 something tragic happened in her life, and she said, you know what, because I'm dealing with something today, I'm actually going to forego working towards my goals and, and moving myself forward in this area of my life for the next 55 days or excuse me, 51 days. For the next 51 days, I'm going to put my goals and my priorities on hold because of how I feel today. And she completely abandoned, you know, her own her own priorities, values, goals. And 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 this is just something that, you know, I am again, I've had so many of these conversations lately and I'm struggling so much to understand the logic behind the way that people operate in, in, in circumstances like this, whether it's death, tragedy, um, inconvenience, whatever, but ever like l things in life are always going to happen, you know, are always going to be, there's always going to be something. If you, what's the, how's that saying go? If you look for an excuse, you'll find one. Like if you look for an excuse, you'll find, you'll always find one. Right. And, um, and so before, I mean, I've, I've got a lot to say on this topic, you know, but before I do, I want to I want to I want to really just pick Matt's brain because he didn't even know what we were talking about today. And I want to put it on him. You know, um, you know, what do you what do you make of it? Right. When people they let these these small things in, and I know that you work with a number of people in, a, in the capacity of like client trainer as far as nutrition coaching and personal training. But even in a greater sense, when people set these goals for themselves in life, in life, life goals, career goals, relationship goals, uh, income goals, all these things. And they and they're super excited, enthusiastic and they go and they're just they they they, they dive all in. And then the first hiccup, they say, man, you know what? All right, let me tackle it next year. You know, like, what do you, what, like, come on, just, just shed some light on it. I mean, I agree with you. I think that's some bullshit. I don't, like, at the end of the day, life is going to continue to happen, no matter what. Like, literally, no matter what. If you look for an excuse, you'll find one. All right, you and I, we have 7 billion excuses as to why we shouldn't be working at McDonald's right now. But or we should be working at McDonald's right now, but we're not like it is just like it is what it is like you either you 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 either want better for yourself. You either want to reach your goals, attain, uh, you know, a higher level of self or, or a better, uh, healthier, more confident, more uh, effective um, version of yourself or you don't like that's literally it. I mean, even in the context of just generalized goals or life goals without, you know, fitness and nutrition aside. Either you want it or you don't. And this is like something that I constantly communicate to people, you know, because people will come into my DMs, your DMs and be like, hey, like, you know, this is like what I'm working on. And, you know, I'm really excited about it. And da, 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 da. And then a week later, like, oh, well, I had to hold off. Like, well, like exactly what you're talking about. 
I don't understand. Like, I don't identify. I literally don't identify. It's like, no matter what, my dog died. Like, you know, God forbid, like, my mom died. You know, like, whatever it would be, I would have to continue on because my life goes on. And then, like, you know, in life circumstances aside, like, even if it's not a death or something tragic, life is always going to happen. You have to continue to live your own life. No, I actually do want to use death as the example. You know, guys, I'm I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not here. Like, just recently... I had to ask somebody, like, hey, do you think I'm trying to make you feel bad about yourself or do you think I'm trying to help you? You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what I want. Even you guys listening right now, I want you to ask yourself, do you think I'm trying to be an asshole or do you think I'm trying to help you? Because the truth is, I learned this lesson the hard way, okay? My, my brother died when I was 15 years old. And our, our brother, well, okay, 16, I always get the years confused. It doesn't even matter, okay? Our brother died when we were 16 years old. And, and I let it fucking destroy me. Like, I, le- I let it completely fucking destroy me. Okay, guys, you guys don't know this, and a lot of people don't know this about me and Matt, but we were straight-A students. I mean, straight-A students in an academic school. Like, we, our school was not a slouchy school, Okay, we went to a really good school. We had great academics, great sports. We were straight-A students, and we were the best athletes in the entire school. You know, Matt was being recruited by Division One, Division Two schools to go play football. I was being recruited at a early, like freshman, sophomore year, you know, starting talking about going to going to Division Two, Division Three schools to play basketball. Okay, we were both good athletes. We were both great students, and then our brother died, and we both completely lost our shit, and... And, and you guys have all heard the story of what happened after that, right? I mean, we, you know, got into smoking weed and doing drugs and, you know, one thing led to another and both of us ended up in prison. You know, we both ended up in prison and the whole time, like the whole time, I swear to God, I had this like poor me mentality where, you know, I was taking life for granted because my brother died and because I was so overwhelmed and overcome by grief, I, um, you know, I just said, fuck it. You know, fuck it, I'm done. I don't want to live anymore, you know, and, 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 and I just, my life is over, my brother's gone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I had this poor me mentality, this victim mentality, because life had happened to me. And it carried on. It, it continued until one day I woke up when I was in prison, and I've told you guys a lot of stories now about sort of the process of changing my life and taking it back. But, but like, people... This is an extreme example, Um, you know, and it was me allowing, you know, myself to put my whole life on hold, to put everything else, all everything I had worked for in my entire life up until that point was to go to college and play basketball. And for Matt, it was to go to college and play and play football and to, you know, see what we could make of ourselves. Everything that we had worked for in our entire life up until that point, we threw it away because we were upset, we were overcome with grief because our brother died. And, I, and some of you might be thinking like, man, well, that's understandable. Your fucking brother died, you know? It's understandable that you lost your shit. But my point to you guys is that the, the world didn't fucking stop. Like nothing stopped, nothing stopped. Our family's lives didn't stop, our friends' lives didn't stop. Uh, you know, those colleges that we were supposed to go to, those sports teams, they filled the roster and we weren't on it. Like, fucking nothing stopped. The only thing that stopped was the progression of our lives and our future. That's the only thing that stopped. You see what I'm saying? So, 
you know, and, and then people will, 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 will wallow in this pity, you know, because something happens, you, you know, there's a bad accident or a family member gets sick or dies or a, a child, God forbid, right? Something bad happens and we wallow in this self-pity and this grief. Well, and, and we take this period and we, we give ourselves, you know, let's say we give ourselves a week or we give ourselves a month or we give ourselves a year. Okay, and then we say, oh, well, then we'll get back to life. I'm just going through this period of grief. Motherfucker, my brother died 15 years ago and I'm still grieving. Like I still grieve every fucking day. I still miss my brother every fucking day. If I was going through a period of grief and I was allowing myself to put my life on hold while I was while I was grieving, I'd still be on hold. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm actually trying to help you when I tell you that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what, no matter who dies, no matter who gets sick, no matter uh, how unfairly you're treated, no matter how wrong or, or unfair the circumstances you've been, you've been put into are, nothing fucking stops. The world is going to keep on spinning. Business is going to keep on going. Your life, time is going to keep on ticking. And, and, and I hate to say it, but there's a fucking expiration date on your life. You cannot afford to sit around and just waste your days because of how you're feeling emotionally. You know, and, and, and people that do this, people that do this, that let every little hiccup, every unexpected occurrence, every, every tragedy, every traumatic experience, they let, them, they let these things put them on the shelf for a week a month, a year, five years, those people never accomplish anything in life. They never become anything in life. And it doesn't cost anybody anything but you. You're the only one that loses. You're the only one that loses. When I was in fucking prison, I, I was looking at, at society from the outside looking in saying, you know, you know, the overwhelming realization is that, man, nothing stopped. My friends, they forgot about me. My family, they forgot about me. Everything kept moving. Everybody kept on living. And, and when you realize that that's the reality of life, you know, when something happens oh, earlier this year, because, I, okay, I've already shared, okay, how Matt and I really responded to and handled when our brother died. Okay, well, earlier, uh, or excuse me, late last year, our mother died. Our biological mother died. You know, it was tragic. It was terrible. Um, you know, the, the relationship wasn't where, it, where either of us wanted it to be, you know, it was something that it, it, it honestly, again, I'm still grieving, you know, it was terrible. Um, but I flew down to where my mom, my, my family live. And, you know, I spent the day with my family. I said goodbye to my mom. I took one day to myself and I showed up to work on fucking Monday, you know, like it was, it was Saturday down there, Sunday to myself. <laughs> Back to work on Monday because, and it, it's not a heartless thing. It's not that I'm not affected by what happened. It's that I understand that nothing stops, and you got to keep on moving through, you know, through the ups and the downs. If you can only operate and execute when things are good, you're going to fucking fail, and you're not going to fail anybody but yourself. You're just you're you're the one missing out on the opportunity to make the most of life. Yeah, that's a fact, and 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 you know, to the, to Mark's point. Or just to kind of build on what he's saying, like, guys, we're not saying you can't have a bad day. We're not saying that you can't be, a, a, you know, negatively affected. I mean, for, you know, for a day, for a week, for, for years, like, you know, like Mark's saying, like, I think about my brother every day. And even, you know, when our mother died uh, not too long ago, like, 
I mean, that was a that was a rough process in and of itself. She was literally sick for months. We knew she was going to die, and watching that in and of itself was terrible. But again, nothing stopped. We still had to. I was in New York. Mark was in St. Louis. My mother was in Florida, and we still had to operate and function as you know, as if life was still going on because it was. And then we were literally. I mean, I shit you not, guys. This is a true story. Mark and I were both in an airport, our respective airports, on the way to go say goodbye to my mother, uh, while, assuming she was alive, um, when we got the phone call together that she had died. We were literally in the airport on the way to go say goodbye to her while she was still living and she had died just before we got there. Um, so like he said, we went down, we took a day, and then we got back to work. So, and that day, mind you, was not our typical day. It was a rough day. It was a fucking bad day, but so so to my point, I'm, we're not saying you can't have a bad day. We can't, we're not saying don't be affected. We're just saying don't let it derail everything. Like he said, like he alluded to before, everything that we had worked for up until the point that our brother died was derailed completely. It literally might, it, it, at this point in our lives today, it might as well have never happened. Everything that we did prior to the, prior to the day my brother died, everything that we did literally doesn't even matter anymore. Because nothing we did up until that point is being used today, is being built on today. None of that. None of that work that we put in uh, has benefited us at this point at all. So now it's, it's moot. You know, it's a moot point. It's moot work. But, um, but I just think that, like, you know, it's okay to grieve. And I want to clarify and, and, and be clear on that. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to have bad days. But like Mark's saying, the world doesn't stop. Everything, everything just keeps going. Yeah, and not only is it okay to grieve, I think that the point that I think it's it's just how to grieve, you know, like and everybody, you know, some people again, I know I'm gonna get some negative feedback on this podcast of like, oh, you can't tell people how to grieve and blah blah blah. Everybody's differently, or you're a cold and heartless motherfucker. I've I've heard it before. All right. But again, you know, I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm not here, I'm not here to be an asshole. I'm here to help. You know, and I've been here. I've walked this path. I, I understand, and I and I've done it on the extremes. I don't do anything just dipping my toe in. Okay, when we talk about letting something derail your life, I let mine go off the fucking tracks. Okay, seriously. So, um, you know, now how I've learned to really deal with tragedy and and adversity because because death, you know, a close friend, family member, somebody dying is the extreme example of what can happen or even like a divorce, right? A divorce, a child or a family member getting injured severely to the point where it like, you know, you know, alters their, their, their quality of life. Um, you know, those are, those are things, but then also there's just inconveniences. There's just things that happen that are unexpected that, that, you know, that require your attention. Um, so now how I, how I've learned to really deal with tragedy and adversity um, is, well, first and foremost, if it's a death or if it's a tragedy, you know, I shared recently on my Instagram story um, a song that I listen to almost every single day. Um, it's, it's by Hardy. He's one of my favorite artists. And he has a song that's called Give Heaven Some Hell. Okay. And if you haven't heard this song, if you like country music, listen to it. It's fire. Okay. But I listen to this song every single day on my way to work, just about every single day when I'm driving in my car by myself. Um, and it reminds me of my brother. Like it's my song that I play for my brother. And not only do I play it for him, but I play it for me too, 
because when I hear this song and it reminds me of my brother, it also reminds me that, that like, Mark, I'm still here. You know, I'm still here. He's gone, but I'm still here. And, and I live my life in a way, seriously, like I know this is cliche, but I live my life in a way that I know that he would live his if he had another chance to do it. Like sometime, like just recently, um, you know, going skydiving uh, came up because I'm taking a trip soon. And one of my buddies was like, hey, man, we can go skydiving. You know, would you be in? And we're in a group. We're in, I'm in a room with like 12 guys. And I'm and everybody's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'll go, you know, like without even thinking about it. And it's not necessarily that I have any desire to go skydiving. But in that moment, instantly, I said, man, if Travis was here, he would he would fucking do it. So I'm going to go, you know, so I live my life in honor of those people um, who really who, who either didn't have uh, the amount of time that I have here on this earth um, or, you know, just uh, in a way that I know that they would want me to. Like, let's say it's a grandparent that died and they lived a long and you know great life, but you're just overwhelmed that they're not here anymore. Would, do you think that they would want you to sit around wallowing in grief and pity? and not moving forward and living your life? Do you think that they would be happy or proud of you for doing that? You know, and most people know the answer, right? It's no, okay? And then as far as inconveniences and adversity, okay, those things are gonna happen as well. And, and there's, there's really categories, there's levels to this, okay? But with, with real adversity or inconvenience, I think that the, the overwhelming, or excuse me, like the... Uh, the underlying, um, you know, truth here, regardless of what level you're on, is that you've got to you've got to understand, you know, who are you? Who do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like here in the future? Okay, what are your goals, dreams, ambitions? What are your morals, values, etc.? Things that we've talked about on a numerous uh, previous podcast, right? Once you identify those things, it's about being undeviatingly committed to doing the little things on a daily basis that are going to move you forward towards that. And when adversity comes up, when inconveniences pop up, you have to recognize those things and recognize when they're pulling you off your course and understand that like, hey, these things happen to everybody. Okay, they happen to everybody. But the only people that accomplish what you want to accomplish are the people that figure out how to deal with these things and still get those little things done that move them forward every single day. Okay, a perfect analogy for this is like Matt and I used to compete um, at a high level in, in CrossFit. Okay, and we would be, you know, at a CrossFit competition, sometimes these are three, four days long. So let's say we're on a three-day long competition. Well, on Sunday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On Sunday morning, Matt and I wake up and we're fucking sore. Our bodies are beat, banged up. The last thing that we want to do is show up to the, uh, to the venue again and do two or three more workouts. Okay, it's the last thing that we want to do. We feel terrible, right? But you know what I remind myself in that moment? Everybody else feels terrible too. Everybody else that I got to compete against today, they feel fucking terrible too. And the difference between me and them is that I'm going to show up and I'm going to send it. Okay. Those are the moments of separation. Those are the moments that decide, you know, who does what, who accomplishes what, who becomes who in, in the game of life. Right. And so uh, when those things come up again, you know, inconveniences and adversity happen to Matt and I still, just like everybody else. But, but in those moments, we look at them as an opportunity. 
as an opportunity to separate ourselves from everybody else, to get closer to where we want to be, to get closer to our goals. And it's not that I have a scarcity mindset in thinking that, man, only a certain number of people are going to achieve X level of success. But I just know it's it's just the, the natural way of things that most people are going to fold when this adversity comes up and it gives me the opportunity to move forward. Like that's just that's just the truth. Yeah, man. And just to kind of go back, I mean, that's that's true, though. That CrossFit shit, that's real shit. We wake up fucked up on Sunday morning, like bad. But, you know, we'll literally communicate to each other. Like, dude, like, everybody else is fucked up too. So it's just like, <laughs> who's going to hold on through the rest of the weekend? So uh, that's real shit, man. And it applies to life. Uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, myself being a, a, a man of strong faith, right? My connection to God is, is, um, is real. And, you know, I guess like when, when, you know, go to go back to the death thing, you know, to, when people die to me, it's like you either like you're one of two, you're in one of two parties, right? Like you either believe in God in heaven and, and, uh, in the resurrection in Jesus Christ. So you either have a higher power where you think that there is a next life for your loved one or your friend that has passed, or you don't, in which case that's just the end of life. Like, you know, like no matter what though, to me, neither one of those circumstances merits me shutting down my life. Like, like neither one, right? If you don't believe in a higher power, if you don't believe in, in more after death, well then, hey, like that person, you know, they lived and everybody dies. Like that's literally it. And then if you do, if you do believe in something after death, okay, well then their death is a reason to celebrate. I remember when I was in prison, <laughs> when I was in prison, this is funny, you guys are going to think it's fucked up, but I still laugh and I still make fun of my mom for this. But when I was in prison, Mark and I, uh, our great grandmother, both of them lived very, very long, like very, like obnoxiously long lives, right? Um, my grand, my, my nanny, my, my great grandmother on my, on my mother's side, she was alive and well, and she was living by herself. She was fully functioning. Like, she was good. You know, mentally, she deteriorated a little bit over the years, but she was still good. She still lived by herself. She was all right. And then, and I believe she was 106. I want to say, I don't, I don't really know exactly. I think she was 106. I know she was over 100. But um, my mom, you know, she, she, she messaged my wife and, at the time and told her to have me call her. So I, I called my mom and she's hysterical on the phone and she's like, oh my God, you won't believe it. I'm like, what's up? I'm like, mom, what happened? What's the I thought something happened to my dad. And she's like, nanny died. And I'm like, about fucking time. I'm like, she's been alive forever. What do you mean? She's literally, she knew Hitler in real life. You know what I mean? Like the fuck? Nanny lived like a million years. Like, like she's good. All right. And I believe in God. She's in heaven now. Okay. She's great. But even if I didn't, nanny lived a good long life. Like she was straight. You know what I mean? At this point, she had to be miserable. You know, so like, but like, that's just how I see, you know what I mean? And, and immediately my mom was distraught. She was distraught when I got on the phone, but immediately when I started saying what I was saying, and I, it's literally exactly what I just said, when I started talking like that, she, I could hear her clearing up. Like she was starting to like her, she's coming to her senses. It was like, yeah, oh, you're, you're right. She did like, yeah, she lived a great fucking life. She was like a hundred years old, you know? I just think that, you know, there's, there's ways to think about and cope with these things. And if you, it's about the perspective shift. It's like, if you want to be s selfish, 
and be like, okay, my person is gone now, so I get to shut down. Like, that's selfish of you. And like Mark said, that person wouldn't be any more proud of you for ending your life when theirs ended. You know, they wouldn't be any more satisfied with the way that you dealt with their with, with your loss, uh, you know, seeing you shut down. So if you believe that that person can st still see you and monitor your your life uh, or if you don't and you want to just honor their memory, either way, honoring them merits much, much more proactivity than shutting your life down. Yeah. You know, and to take this concept just a little bit further, honestly, there's this concept. So there's actually a movie. Okay. And I'm not a movie guy at all. I don't even own a TV, but I saw this movie once and it's, it's the concept in it is fire. Okay. It is, a, it is a phenomenal concept. And I am a, a real true, like this is next level acceptance of adversity, hardship, and especially death. Okay. But there's this concept, it's called collateral beauty, you know, and the concept basically is exactly how, you know, you would interpret it. It's, it's every time something tragic or unfortunate happens in your life, it is if you, if you look, if you really, really look for it, there's always something good that comes of it. There really is. There's always some good ramifications. It might take months or years for you to see those ramifications or those ripple effects, but there's always good that comes from, from bad. There's always collateral beauty to be, to be found in every unfortunate um, you know, event or circumstance. So that's one thing. And then, <coughs> excuse me, you know, and just because we've dove pretty extensively into the topic of death here, um, and just how to deal with death, I think that coming to a more reasonable, um, coming to a more reasonable um, way of, of dealing with or coping with death um, in your own life, it also kind of influences the way that you think about death in terms of your own life. Like, I think that really accepting my, my brother's death, which was the first major one that I had to work through, accepting that and accepting sort of that, man, death is just a part of life. And then likewise, if we're not talking about the extreme, which is death, hey, unfortunate things just happen. You know, they just happen. Uh, inconveniences happen. Adversity happens. Uh, unfairness exists. You know, n the, nothing in life is fair, right? So accepting all of those things as true um, it really does uh, alleviate a lot of the stress that comes along with the journey of life. But not only that, but then you can like when you are not when you are intimate with your own mortality, right, with death specifically, when you're intimate with your own mortality and you're you're constantly mindful of the fact that like, hey, I'm going to die someday. You know, my life is going to end someday. I don't know what day. But I know it's going to end at some point. It, it does, man. It inspires, it inspires you to live with that in the back of your mind, like with a sense of urgency, right? Um, I heard somebody say this once, but uh, people act like they're going to um, – uh, people postpone living. That's the way that he said it, man. You can't postpone living. Like you're not going to – people act like they're going to get a second try, you know, like a second chance at life. And, and when you're familiar or intimate with your own mortality and you acknowledge it on a daily basis that, man, you know, this is going to end someday, it really does inspire you to, to live, you know. And after my mom died, that was sort of uh, one of the overwhelming takeaways that I had was like, man, I was really sad, not necessarily because she passed away, but because I know she didn't live while she was here. 
you know, with my brother, is, 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 it's, it's really a stark difference. I know that he lived, you know, even though he passed away at 24. So, like, um, so that's another thing is just, you know, not only once you, once, you, once you learn to deal with and cope with death in a, in a more productive way and, 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 um, and adversity in a more productive way, it also kind of influences now the way that you look at um, and think about death and adversity with respect to yourself. Um, and, it, and it helps you, it influences the way that you live and you show up in your life on a day-to-day basis um, and helps you become, you know, an ultra, ultra, ultra productive per- person. Like some people look at me like, and Matt too, like we're freaking machines, you know, we're not machines, you know, we're just, we just uh, have figured out, you know, um, a, a more healthy and productive balance between logic and emotion, you know, and we've learned to really step back and separate emotion in you know, these, 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 these moments in life when a lot of people let emotion carry them away. So, um, it's just a topic that honestly, man, like I said, I've had several conversations, uh, with people, whether it's their dog or their grandparent or their, you know, or somebody got a divorce, like all these things and, and, and people are just quitting on themselves. And it's like, man, you know, don't quit on yourself, man. Seriously, don't quit on yourself. This is the only shot you got, man. Every day, every day counts. It really does. So, Thank you guys for uh, for listening. I hope you're not too pissed off at me for, uh, you know, for telling the truth. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly, love you guys. Appreciate you so much. For those of you that share it on social media, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And it makes me so uh, grateful and proud to see you guys, you know, sharing the podcast on the show. If you got some value away from this or even if it just helped, you know, inspire some productive thoughts, please, guys, share it on social media. Matt and I do this. It's just a passion project. We don't put a lot of energy and effort into promoting it or getting it out there. We put it out there and we depend on the fact that it's actually going to, you know, get you thinking. And, uh, and hopefully if it does, you guys, uh, you guys think it's a fair trade off to, uh, to spread the word for us. So, uh, we will talk to you next time.